Welcome, everybody, to another edition of the Men's Advocate Show with me, your host, Linda Gross. It's so great to be back. Um, I'm here and uh, passionate about today's show. We're going to be talking about takers and male delusional expectations. Um, what is it with these guys today? They want a superwoman, but don't want to do what it takes to keep her. In other words, they just are fine with being lazy and greedy. That's what we're going to get into in just a moment. If you happen to have missed last week's show, we were talking about why today's woman doesn't want a real man. Uh, We were on with my uh, Tom Tinney, and uh, I really need you to listen to that show. If you haven't, it was a great show. By the way, you can listen to this past show or or anything on my archive. Very easy to do off the SoundCloud app. All you need to do is enter Google SoundCloud The Men's Advocate. That's Google SoundCloud The Men's Advocate, and you can listen to this show and any of the archive show shows. We're also on the TuneIn app, and you can listen to the archive shows there as well. I want to give a shout out to my station. Um, as of this month, it is my one-year anniversary here with KMET. The folks here have been really good to me, and I'm just about to re-up my contract and uh, love it here. They've been good. Uh, you've been good. Apparently, our numbers on Wednesdays, uh, from what management tells me, are doing really good, and I love that. So keep that up. I'd love to have your participation today and Write down this number, programming it into, program it into your phone, because I'd really like to hear from you. 951-922-3532. Again, that number is 951-922-3532. Um, even though I did have a brand new show last week, I actually pre-taped it. Shh, don't tell anybody. Pre-taped it before I went on vacation. But um, I had a great vacation, much needed, especially since everything that's been happening this past month with my accident and all the craziness that's been going on. Um, went up to uh, Seattle and Vancouver and met some of my fans, and that was really exciting. Um, hopefully, if I do another trip, a road trip, I'll let you know that I'm coming and the listeners who are in uh in your city when i'm there you know i I invite you to do the same let's get together let's uh meet face to face it's always a great thing to do so um seattle treated us really well Uh, i'm telling you must be the bad weather or something i guess people stay indoors and learn how to cook boy oh boy do they know how to cook i'm telling you every restaurant that we went to was beyond amazing and of course the seafood is so fresh and delicious we had lots of crab and oyster um, all kinds of seafood just delicious so anyway thanks to the people in Seattle for giving us a good time and a shout out to Canada all was good there as well so um, anyway I'm it's good to be back in the saddle and let's dive into today's topic shall we we're going to be talking about takers the delusional male expectations so I have a special guest on today His name is Race Cummings. He's an acclaimed game changer, strategist, and visionary who is also a world traveler, published author, and a brand expert. Um, He has lent his his experience to helping men and women gain success. His expertise in life has come at a cost, though. Maybe we'll ask him about that in just a second. His start wasn't ideal, but his story is a true rags-to-riches story. Uh, Race has dedicated his life to helping others gain success through self-discovery and growth. He is the author of Love is a Choice, Finding Love and Building a Legacy. Um, You can find this on Amazon. And uh, look for his links, his book links, on my Facebook fan page. Uh, By the way, the fan page is easy to remember. Same name as the show. Go to Facebook, The Men's Advocate Show. Facebook, The Men's Advocate Show with Linda Gross. And you will find all this book as well as as all of Race's books on my fan page. So um, he's also the author of America, A Nation of Victims. Boy, oh boy, don't we need to discuss that topic. (laughs) Uh, Winning the Game, How to Become a Game Changer. 
uh, this and more. So find those links on my page. Uh, you can also join Race on his fan page. It's called The Conversationalist. Uh, send him a shout out. Get invited to his page. I know Race lets me do damage there every day, and I respect him, and I appreciate him letting me uh, give my thoughts on his page, and I welcome him to do the same here and now on my program. Welcome, Race. Thank you very much for uh, being on the show. I really appreciate it. Thank you, Linda. I, I just want to, first of all, thank you for that warm welcome and uh, the invite to your show. And, uh, yeah, we're going to get into it today. We have some um, tough uh, topics to talk about today. Um, so how should, how, how should we start here? Yeah, absolutely. Let's just uh, tackle tackle some of these one at a time. I took a couple of notes when we were talking earlier. Um, you mentioned today earlier that today's man is unappreciated or underappreciated, especially when the woman says, "I can do better." It makes a feel. It makes a guy feel like crap. Um, he. It makes him feel like saying, "Hey, take your position, and there's the door. Get out." What's your stance on this? Why are men reacting that way? Why are women reacting that way? Why is this even an issue? Why is it coming? I know it is an issue, but why and how? I think there's some type of, there's some, there's a fallacy. There's a communication breakdown between men and women. Um, I think that, uh, unfortunately, women, um, they're taught now to be entitled. Mm. And so what happens a lot is that, um, I don't think there's there's anything wrong with a woman having having standards and expectations, desires, uh, even wanting to be uh, pampered and treated like a queen. But I think that um, a lot of times women don't know what a man has to do to provide them with the lifestyle that they want to be comfortable. It happens a lot is that uh, women who are not prepared for marriage, women who are not bringing, bringing anything uh, to the table, they want the same thing as a, a, a good woman wants. So, you know, there's, there's good and bad, you know, everywhere we go uh, in both genders. Um, but a lot of times you have this, all these women are saying the same thing. And they're all saying they, they want to, uh, you know, they, they all say, I want a good man who makes this type of money, who's this height, who looks like this. You know, they get married to the guy. He tries his best to do all those things. And I think they just think it's, it's supposed to happen. But they don't know the work and effort uh, that a man has to go through every day to go to that job every day, uh, to stay consistent, uh, financial literacy, him trying to be emotionally available to her, uh, uh, everything that a woman wants, a provider, or a protector. I understand. I'm not saying women are wrong for wanting that, but it's like, wow, you, you know, it's like we're supposed to be emotional robots. So as soon as we say, wow, you know, this is, you know, this is kind of difficult. I find this kind of frustrating trying to, you know, be the man you want me to be every day. I'm kind of struggling this, with this right now. I might have lost a job. I, I need some encouragement. Um, something bad happened at the job. Maybe I'm not making the numbers that I want to make. Uh, it could be a number of things I'm just not feeling confident about myself and a lot of times when a man comes to a woman he's considered weak uh effeminate gay it's just almost as if we can't have emotions and we're just supposed to produce 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 and a lot of dudes just get tired of it um and they're just like uh, you know I I can't do this you know uh, I'm trying my best to be the man you want me to be I think I'm I'm doing it just seems like you're not satisfied Wow. So maybe a lot of women just really don't understand what goes into a man's day at work and he's trying to keep mentally clear so he can focus and be at work and be that good provider and be that consistent person and maybe she just doesn't get it. I, I just think that sometimes women think it's just going to fall from the sky and happen magically, but Race, you and I both know it's it's a challenge for men. I mean, they really have to stay on their game and stay focused to accomplish the goal that she's that she's expecting and looking for. Well, you're also correct, and also I want to add is that a man judges himself by his works. You know, a man understands love by respect. You don't really see guys too much so focused on love. Love is important, but we understand by how much you. Respect. So if you don't respect us to the level that we expect, we think you don't love us. When it comes to work, uh, a man judges himself by his career and what he can and can't do. 
So you can understand that if a man's a job that doesn't pay too much money, he's in a situation where he's been inconsistent in his life. He hasn't really accomplished a lot of goals or he's done a lot, but he's lost a lot. You know, I personally, um, when I talk about my rags to riches story, you know, I, I came from very humble beginnings, uh, you know, drug infestation, the prostitution. I didn't have my parents in my life. And, you know, I went from that to doing really well. I lost it again. And I became one of those bitter men, like a lot of men do, the, the victim mentality. And I've mm-hmm. been back in America for about seven years, mm-hmm. and I had to say to myself, I want more. What did I do to become successful the first time, and what do I need to change? So when I go down this path to success again, what do I need to take out my behavior? And as soon as I start taking accountability for my actions, my life got a lot better. But again, my life didn't get better until I took accountability for my actions and I started seeing success. And then I started blaming – I stopped blaming stuff on um, other people and then I found out how important it is for a man to be happy with his work, the work that he's doing and doing something self-fulfilling. And then his confidence level goes – your confidence levels just goes right back up. It's, it's just like it goes out to the stratosphere. And um, women have to understand that we judge ourselves daily about how much we can do do for you and how much we can do for ourselves. It's really important that we can perform. We 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 need that pat on the back. You just it's just like a little kid. You know, we go out there and we do something, and we need a pat on the back. And a pat on the back from us is making love to our wife, our wife telling us that uh, we did a great job, her cooking, you know, things like that. Uh, her, uh, her encouraging us daily, telling her, uh, telling us that she's appreciative uh, of you know um, how hard we work. Yeah. Absolutely. Absolutely. Yes. Let's talk a little bit more about accountability and uh, the bitterness and uh, overcoming bitterness. And you were mentioning earlier in your uh, little intro there that, you know, life has come at, at a cost and some of the lessons that you might have learned along the way. If you've just joined us, you're listening to The Men's Advocate Show with me, your host, Linda Gross. Do call us at 951-922-3532. Again, that number is 951 951- Nine two two thirty five thirty two. We're going to talk about the accountability topic right back after the break. Hey guys, do you have a nagging problem that you just can't get a handle on? Now you can talk to an expert coach right in the privacy of your own home. Meet in person, over the phone, or with a free Skype call anywhere in the world. Linda is here to make it easy for you. Linda Gross has done years of academic research combined with interviewing over 20,000 men. Linda's expert advice gets you through tackling relationship issues, business goals, conflict resolution, and removing lifetime roadblocks that have kept you back, usually handled in four sessions or less. Realize the benefits now. Go to the Men's Advocate page slash coaching and you'll be on your way. That's themensadvocate.com slash coaching. You've heard her on the Men's Advocate Show with Linda Gross. How can you help further? From her Facebook fan page of the same name. Hit the Shop Now button and save this link to your favorites. Make all your usual Amazon purchases and some of the revenue will support her show at no additional cost to you. No book purchase required. Just start with this link every time. The Men's Advocate Show with Linda Gross thanks you. The Men's Advocate Show with Linda Gross. We will be discussing men's issues, dating, relationships, sex, women, fitness, health, business, men's hobbies, men's rights, and more. She will be talking about excerpts from her men's book, Mastering Women, too. Google KMET Advocate and save to your favorites every Wednesday at 3 p.m. Pacific Time. We proudly rejoin our programming with The Men's Advocate Show with your host, Linda Gross. On KMET, 1490 AM, Smart Talk. Welcome back, everybody. You're currently listening to the Men's Advocate Show with me, your host, Linda Gross. Do call us on today's topic. We're talking about takers, delusional male expectations. 
Um, so how would this phenomenon happen? Uh, men want a superwoman, superwoman, but they don't want to do what it takes to keep her. So that's what we're talking about. Call us at 951-922-3532, 951-922-3532. Uh, just before the break, we were talking a little bit about how connected a guy's worth is with regard to um, respect and getting appreciation from his woman and how much that means to a guy. In fact, I write about these tenets uh, in my book, Mastering Women. Um, you can find my book on Amazon and get it on, on the ebook format as well as paperback. But uh, one of the four, the four C's are the women's tenets, how to win over a woman, which is basically what the book is about. But conversely, men have things that win them over as well. And respect is absolutely one of those four qualities that men look for from their women to be won over and to feel love from their woman. Number number two is appreciation, by the way. So you hit on two of the four, uh, Ray. So, so good for you. You've got it going on and uh, you definitely know what the score is. Tell us a little bit about, you were saying that um, your early life, uh, you know, the, the, your life experience uh, ha experiences have come at a cost, and you were bitter before you had this realization. What did you do to break yourself from that bitterness and move on and have a happier life, have a more enriched life, and look forward to the day rather than being the victim and disgruntled and, you know, what was me and bitter and angry at people? Well, um, the, I will definitely say the effects of poverty a lot of time are more long-term mm -hmm. than we like to admit. I mean, so unless you or had to endure a situation where you were, you know, in a drug-infested, poverty, uh, you know, stricken area, sometimes it's hard to articulate the experience. You know, rappers kind of do it. People write about it. They try to show it on TV, but sometimes you have to, like, you, you have to, to really understand. You have to walk in a person's shoes. So, you know, I, my heart goes out to anyone who has that current experience or had that experience, and I can understand why people a lot of times don't see a way out just because it does sometimes seem like you can't. But I mean, the great thing about America, and I, you know, I'm I'm very patriotic, uh, is that in America it's the land of opportunity. No matter what people say, you know, uh, we uh, every country has areas of improvements. I've lived all over the world. I've never seen a perfect country. I've seen people. I've seen countries that do things better than us, and I've seen countries that do things worse than us. So there's better and worse. But mm -hmm. uh, with that being said, I think America meets 85 percent of most Americans um, need and we're, we're working so uh, with that being said it comes down to accountability uh, what do you want and what are you going to do and what's your solutions I think uh, unfortunately that uh, Americans are entitled so what happened when I moved um, you know I, I think I uh, I moved to Australia in my early 20s I lived in a whole bunch of countries became very successful and then I lost all my uh, investments and everything when that recession happened and, you know going from zero to 60 uh, and then back and then you know I'm back again it took seven years this time I was very appreciative of what I had. I think I had a, a immature plan because I was an immature individual and I didn't really have any financial literacy. I gained it all back. I mean, um, I went through the process to gain it all back, but I had to, uh, when I moved back to America, I, you know, what do I want in life? And I need to really, I need to really, uh, I needed at that time to really analyze what I did wrong. And I think what I really did um, wrong is that uh, I didn't have a five-year plan. I accomplished enough to get what I want, which is women and money, you know, mm -hmm. and, but I didn't have a plan after that plan. There was no five-year plan uh, after that other than just having more, more, more women and more money. You know, I'm living in my sixth country, uh, you know, seeing all these great things, meeting all these fabulous people, but you know, I lost it. Uh, got back to the States, uh, created a plan of action. It took me th three years to kind of find my way back. Uh, and then after that, it took, you know, three years to decide I want to be an entrepreneur and do what I'm doing now, writing the books. But it really is. It's just that accountability. It's the Americans are so entitled because we have so much. 
There are the poorest person in America is a rich person compared to somebody in Somalia and other poor nations that are uh, the whole country, the entire nation is in poverty. So, you know, I had to take advantage of what uh, America had to offer, grab it by the, you know, grab it by the balls and say, hey, you know, um, this is a, a country, you know, it's not perfect, but I'm alive. And I'm going to take the opportunities that are available, and I created a plan of action, and that's brought me to where I, I, I uh, where I'm at now. Regarding relationships, you know, I uh, at that time was very frustrated when I couldn't kind of find myself in my life, and um, I couldn't, um, I, I was not living life to the fullest. You know, I'm a very passionate person, but at that time I couldn't find my passions. But you know, once I found that, and it took a couple years to work at it you know my life changed my personality changed my circle of friends changed the way i pursue women when i'm able to provide for women and uh it's just great i mean i love where i'm at and i I just pray every day and and just pray for health and things continue on the path that they are right now awesome yeah the accountability factor is a really good um way for self-enlightenment and i think a lot of people don't know to look in that department i i remember one time i was coaching a, a man and um he had separated from his wife it had been 10 years and he was still not over it he was living every single day you know of what a horrible person she was and how she wronged him during the divorce and you know look what I've done for you and what a good husband I was and a provider I was for you and he was just so stuck with her and he had been to therapists and everything else and you know here we are 10 years later and he's stuck as all can be and I asked him one question and that one question unraveled the whole thing so I said you know what she might be a horrible person and uh, you know I'm going to take at face value what you're saying that she did you wrong here she did you wrong there but what was your part in the demise of the marriage and boy that stopped him cold because he had never looked at that you know you have to take accountability for your own actions you know in his situation it does take two to tango one person's not in a vacuum Um, you're in a relationship so how person one acts definitely affects how person two receives it and reacts so just like you're saying um, with your situation you know after coming back from Australia you have to look inward to say okay what's my part in this what elements do I have the power to change what elements do I not have the power to change the ones I don't have the power to change hey there's no point in stressing out over it anymore um, so the parts that I can change, uh, accept that and, you know, move on to like make yourself better in those areas so you can move forward. So yeah, the accountability one is a big one. It's a big, it's a game changer. So how did you know to look for that, that trait? I mean, was it because it was a different country and maybe uh, Australia is not as entitlement minded as the U.S. is? Like, how did you know to look for that trait? Um, honestly, I don't think accountability um, became an issue or, or became a skill set Uh, I think that I had an understanding of it, and um, but I mean at that time everything just worked out for me. You know the, mm-hmm. the housing market was great. I, I purchased a few cars. Everything kind of just happened, and I don't think I was grateful for what happened. Um, right. You know, coming from poverty and then moving up. You know, at 21, buying my first house, couple cars, and then moving overseas and um, you know moving abroad. Um, I think that the accountability factor happened after I lost it all. And I had to come up with a game to, you know, I want to be financially free. Um, Mm -hmm. I want to be an entrepreneur and I want to live in 20 other countries and meet more people. And I had to plan. Those were the wants. Those were the desires. But I had to say, how am I going to get it? A lot of people have a lot of things that they want, but they don't have any plan to get it. So that's where the accountability comes in is that what am I going to do? to get what I want. I have all these ideas, what am I going to do to get it? And then once you get that, there's going to be some sacrifice involved and there's going to be plan A to Z. A lot of people only see the plan A um, to Z, but they skip all the letters in between. (laughs) 
and they're like, oh, it's going to take this. It's going to take a year to do this, six months to do that. It takes this type of money. It's going to take this type of sacrifice. You might be working a job that you have to work 50 hours. You may have to switch that job and only work part time. You may have to um, sell your car. The person you're dating might not be comfortable with the life that you want. So you may have to uh, get divorced and or leave the person that you're with right now because you want to make a life change. And that's those are the I hate to say it, but those are the sacrifices um, that you make um, when you want to live a fulfilling, passionate lifestyle. A lot of people are not your friends, your family. A lot of people are not going to enjoy, um, you know, take that journey for you, um, join you on that journey. You can't get mad at them because they can't see your vision. But that's why a lot of people don't do it. That's why a lot of people don't take accountability. It's easier just to blame. You know, if you could just blame people for everything, you could just live that life being blamed. You know, this this victim culture that America's created. You could just yeah. blame people for everything and say, "I'm going to look at the negativity and just uh, not look, look. I'm not looking at what America can do for me as being an American citizen. What I'm going to do is focus on all the negatives and say, "This is where I'm at. I'm an American, and this, you know, America does this really bad, and I'm just going to dwell on that." And I mean, that's what people do in their relationships, their life, their jobs, spirituality and everything else. They just look at the negatives, look at the positives, start with that first and address those concerns. I'm not saying venting frustrations and all that. I do it all the time. You know, you might hear one conversation and you might think I'm a bitter. I'm going to address the solutions and I'm going to work towards the solution. I'm not going to be this bitter person standing out on the street talking about my life's over. I know. I mean, to be bitter and to be a complainer, I mean, that's an easy man's life, right? I mean, yes. you know, when you do that, it's you get stuck in victimhood, actually, because you put, put a label on yourself and you don't move past that. I mean, even I do that, but I, I have a motto of, you know, sometimes I have a really bad day and I say to myself, look, I have an 8 a.m. reset button. And so what that means is go ahead and complain all afternoon or whatever it is, but tomorrow morning at 8 a.m., I'm going to hit that reset, that mental reset button, and I'm done with this issue. Now I have to take action and be proactive with how am I not going to get myself in that situation again, and if this happens again, what am I going to do next time around to make the situation better? So there's nothing wrong with having a pity party, but you have to get over it. You can't yes. live 20 years of your life, you know, being a complainer and being bitter and being angry, you're just going to make yourself uh, grow old. You're going to make yourself physically sick and, you know, you're going to make your pocketbook be uh, emptied out. So all kinds of negative, negative things happen when you don't take action. And I think a real man, they are action oriented. So action actually cures depression. Um, that, that's a known fact in psychology that if you sit there and do nothing, you haven't made any movement. The movement will propel you to the next step. The next step might not be the wrong step. That's totally fine. Then you can back up and take a, next, a following step the next day in a new direction. But the forward motion will help you get through whatever that low point is. Um, and you're 100% correct. And I also want to add what you were saying earlier about the the, the uh, gentleman that you met in regards to the divorce, uh, the forgiveness. Um, I think a lot of times we um, – the problem with relationships and people is they want to use people as the reason why they're happy and the reason why they live. Your happiness does not – is not supposed to depend on another person. That's the problem. You, we, we put too much expectation on other human beings. It can be a, a reason, you know, like it can be a, a, a certain degree of a, like a reason, like I want my wife to be happy. Yeah, that makes me more happier. But it can't be the reason why you're happy. And right. it can't be the only reason why you're happy. So, you know, we, we turn people into gods. You know, we turn our, our Right, and they're not perfect. What and they're not perfect, so they are going to let you down. They are going to do things you, you, you don't like. But if you look at it as you're easy to forgive and forget and understand, if a person cheats on you, and I know cheating is one of the worst things, right along with verbal and physical abuse, uh, I, I wouldn't be with someone who cheats on me. But I'm just saying if I was with someone who cheated on me, mm -hmm. um, I would forgive that person and I would try to, um, you know, we can, mince, we, we can have a platonical relationship. I would hope the best for the person um, because when a person cheats, that's a bad action. That doesn't, mean, that doesn't mean that the person's bad. We tie everything to evilness and negativity. You know, we're all weak. I mean, we all deal with temptations. 
um, various issues. So you have to understand when you marry somebody and maybe things don't happen the right way, you know, unless it's a very severe issue where your life is threatened, a lot of times it's just not needed. It's better just to focus on overlooking and overlooking the person, understanding that we all have areas of improvements. You know, let the person know you're not comfortable with this. Give the person some opportunity to change. And you just have to wait till that person changes because, you you know, you married that person. You're with that person. That's the person you said you love. And you don't, you know, you have to be, we're not, well, I don't know what's going on with people, but they put a person on the pedestal and they can't look past their, um, the the bad behaviors, you know, um, them not being perfect, and it's it's just ridiculous. So when a person does something that lets you down, you take it to this most extreme level, and uh, it's it's really normally not that serious. I can understand cheating, physical and verbal abuse definitely being on a different, uh, you know, uh, handled a lot differently. Right. Yeah, a different plane. But at the same time, even with those issues, it, you don't want to respond back with verbal or physical abuse or cheating you have to say hey you know it's under, it's okay to cry it's under, it's okay to feel hurt it's okay to be upset it's okay to vent but you know to, to go and say that person's evil you want them to be dead you can never be with somebody else again um i had a, a, a young woman say uh uh she's on my facebook page she said she she turned gay uh or she started dating women because the two men that she was with with before let her down that's not logical though you, you know, you can't let I someone change I see that happening your, a lot. Yeah, that's right? not logical. Because that's not going to change. female culture, especially the 20-year-olds, boy, they yeah. do their sexual revolution, you know, from 18 to 25. And if they haven't met Prince Charming or whatever, you know, they just, uh, the next day they decide, all right, I'm 26 years old now. Now I'm going to be gay because I but can't find a good man. Like, they don't look inward like, you know, what's wrong with me that I'm yes. not evaluating yes. the person's character correctly. They don't, yes. you know, like you were saying, accountability earlier. They don't do that. They just, they, I don't know if they just assume that all men are bad or, or whatever, and the next day they become gay. Like, what is that? It's yeah. a new phenomenon. <laughs> well, the emotions, we let our emotions rule us. That's That's the problem, unfortunately, is that, you know, uh, the heart is very deceiving. A lot of people say follow your heart. I, I definitely disagree with that term. I think you should follow logic and wisdom. After making those um, decisions, then you can kind of use your heart as another way to make decisions. But if it's not logical or uh, it doesn't have any wisdom behind it, a lot of time it's going to lead you because the heart is just so deceiving. A lot of you're just being driven without thinking through the process and a lot of times those men and or women are choosing bad partners you know this person wasn't the right person to be with from the beginning but you overlook that because that person has some other qualities that you really like they either were attractive they're very fun and all that stuff but now it's been six months it's been a year you got a chow and or uh you know you guys got a car together apartment together you're moving you're living together they don't met your family you, you you start to figure out that this person is crazy addicted to drugs um, uh, no accountability, um, no work history, whatever, all these things that you should ask from the beginning. And then um, you're like, you know, this person's evil. You blame everything on them versus saying, you know what? I should have took some time to really get to know this person uh, before we even started having sex. And uh, really make informed decisions before you have sex. You're a lot more logical, and it's easy for you to make informed decisions about a person. That's why I always tell women and men to wait to do that so they, they're not so emotional driven. So if it's not a good fit, they can just walk away. We are we live in such an instant gratification culture that, you know, between the selfies and the social media and everything else that's going on, you know, everything is instant, instant, instant and nobody wants to slow that down, snow that snow that mechanism down to see, okay, what am I evaluating here? What's important to me? Sure, I want I want a woman who looks good and you know gives me great sex. But what else is on my plate? You know, it's good to ask for those things, but there's more to life than just those two elements, and you've got to look past that and 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 keep going. By the way, um, for my listeners, uh, show show your love to the show, and you can do that by listening, calling the show, liking the fan page, The Men's Advocate, follow me, comment, share, tell a friend about my show or my pages, 
buy my book on Amazon. The name of the book is Mastering Women. That's Mastering Women on Amazon. And uh, show your love. So um, if you want me to show the love back to you, hit me up on my Facebook fan page. I'll give you a shout-out. I'll say your first name and what city uh, you're listening from. I love doing that, so make sure you do that. If you're too shy to call the show but you have a question or comment, you can always uh, send me a private message on my Facebook fan page. I'm looking uh, forward to, to seeing what your comments are. All right, I want to move forward to the next topic. Uh, Today's man uh, is unprepared, according to race, to handle the woman that they want. They want a good body. They want someone to take care of the kids in the house and bring in the money. But in return, they're just being lazy because today's man doesn't know how to handle such an effective woman. So it just boils down to a man being lazy and greedy. So uh, what's the jump off point to this race? Why is this occurring? Well, first of all, um, there's nothing wrong with, you know, females or males having standards and expectations. We always have to go back to that. I think we also have our preferences. Um, but I think a lot of time um, men, unfortunately, especially the, the new generation of men, um, they want traditional and modern at the same time. And it mm-hmm. just really doesn't work. Um, I think you can maybe have some type of combination of both. I, I I I have an outline in my book that I use, and we can go into detail to that um, later. But I've noticed that a lot of men they want a woman they can have sex with at least one time a day, uh, or two. She he he wants his wife to be attractive, you know, nice um, nice body, uh, you know, nice looking hair. Um, uh, take care of the children, cook, clean. I mean, everything though. He wants the whole, cause he wants the whole thing like he's seen his mom do. A lot of them will say, I hate when men say that I want a woman like my mom, you know, a superwoman. And they're meaning like, cause you know, you have so many, um, uh, children now being um, born in these matri- matriarchal cultures and, uh, they're in this matriarchal, um, setting in their household where the woman runs everything now uh, because they don't have a relationship with their father or the father's out of the house. And so they see that and they think that's normal. Women women are not designed to be superwomen. That's the first thing. That expectation is not real is not realistic. And you shouldn't want your wife to have to be a superwoman. You should want your wife to be comfortable. And so that's the problem is that men want women it's, an, it's, it's, a, it's a requirement. I want her to have a master's degree, a Ph.D. I want her to take care of my kids. I want her to cook and clean. And I'm going to work, and we're going to make a whole bunch of money together. We're going to be this power couple. And we're going to do it. it because there's only, you know, if you take a job, for, that's 40 hours. Your wife, that's, uh, you know, 20 or 30 hours a week. Children, that's another 40-hour job or more. You know, those are three separate jobs um that you want your wife to take on and then you know how men are a lot of men don't even like to help out around the house if they do it's very limited in a lot of cases and Mm so um how can you want your wife to all those things i two of those things really good she can work and um be your wife but not be an effective mother really well or she can uh, be your wife and um take care of the children but not work you know, because it's just too much time in a day, in a week that you're telling your wife that you want her to do all these things and you're not helping. Now, if you're going to get her a maid, you're going to do a lot more work around the house, then it could happen. But still, if you guys are both doing those things, there's still a not as I mean, if you're wanting sex every day and you want to do all these things, it's just I don't see in a, in a work week and you look at the hours uh, in a week, how you can effectively do all those things with so many of the uh, requirements when it comes to being an effective. And what she, uh, what he is asking uh, of her, working. right? What he is asking of her, he couldn't fill those shoes. No, he couldn't. If, if, if no. you were to say to him, "All right, take care of the kids forty hours a week, and go to work, and be the social director of the family," he, but trust me, he could not do all of those things. I mean, going to work forty hours is enough to kill most men. 
Yep. <laughs> I mean, they right. are emotionally drained. They come through that front door. It's like, don't talk to me. Uh, you yeah. know, I need a half an hour to zone out. I mean, they are in ozone layer. So, you know, what he's asking of her is far be is far beyond what his uh, expectation of what a, what any normal human can be. And when he says that I want a woman just like mom, guess what? Our mom's generation and our grandma's generation, you guys aren't doing the math properly. They didn't work. No, they so that's didn't work. that's forty plus hours, you know, of stress no. that they didn't have. They took care of the household, they took care of the kids, put dinner on the table, and that pretty much took up their whole week. Yep, pretty much. It was still a lot more. I mean, you're 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 being very basic in what you're saying that they did. You're simplifying it, but also men don't take in consideration birth. You know, it's it's really it's really important for us to understand men can't have children. So I think a lot of times us as men, and it took me, I don't want to talk as if I'm this guru, uh, you know, uh, that I knew this stuff then, and, you know, this is stuff I'm learning now. And so I think us as men, we don't take, we're not appreciative enough when it comes to women and birth, them being parents and them having a child. And I'll, I would, most women, when they have a child, they want to stay at home and taking care, they want to stay home, stay that children of um, that child or children that they have for those um, very tender years between age zero to ten, men don't make it optional that they're able to do that. You know, so it's like they 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 first of all, you know, she has to go to work within three months, you know, of having the child just to go make money so she can support that lifestyle, you know, right. um, that you guys have created, and it should be optional. So a lot of men they want to be the king, they want to be a boss, but you can't. You can't be a boss if you're not offering a king boss lifestyle. You're not offering the lifestyle. So you have to play your lot. If you're not offering that lifestyle, you have to do much as your wife does or more. You know, so you right. want your wife to be humble, submissive. You want her to you want to be the leader and you want to be the man. It's, hey, I love that. I'm the man. I'm an alpha guy. I'm the man. Uh, uh, any relationship that I've ever been, the woman that I I'm providing a uh, queen lifestyle and a comfortable lifestyle. We're working for my my wife is optional. She'll say, hey, you know, if she wants to take three years off, whatever, she can do that. Or we'll have something, you know. Um, so when the, the paradigm I discussed in my book, um, um, we'll Love have is a, a Choice. We'll have a- We'll have the nest egg ready for you to do that. Yes, yes. So there have there's three different paradigms to build that legacy to offer that uh, comfortable lifestyle. Uh, and most cultures do this: Nigerian, Chinese. And it's so um, you have the two people that work full time, the wife works and the man works, but the grandparents move in to the household. So they have to buy a two story, three story house. Uh, A lot of times the parents live on the um, in the basement. Uh, The grandparents live in the basement and they both work full time. The the, the actual parents, the grandparents live in the. And they help children they homeschool the children they cook and clean and they um take care of everything that's one effective way of doing it uh the other way is um you work and your wife works like up to 25 hours a week that gives her a lot more leeway where she can do more of the things that you want her to do to be your wife she can be more uh, effective parent with the children and then the other thing is that you're making great money and your wife doesn't have to work at all and you making right. sure you're compensating her and you're able to provide her with a very comfortable lifestyle. Your money is her money. You know, those three paradigms work really well. The ones that don't work really well is you and your wife are working a whole bunch of hours and you put your children in daycare. You don't see the children. That's just a horrible uh, ideology. You work a lot and you want your wife to try to do everything. That doesn't work. And the, the current um, thing that's happening right now is just stress. It just comes down to stress. We're overworking our women like mules. And men are not preparing themselves for the women that they that they want and desire. Uh, they're just going in there trying to figure it out. You don't practice on women to become a great person. I know that's a way to learn because you can learn, but that's not the most effective way. You need to. Uh, we need to groom our children for marriage, um, both the males uh, and females, and so they'll have a plan. They don't have to be a hundred percent prepared, but it's just like when you learn how to drive a car. There was a test. There was a requirement. You drove it enough to be able to uh, uh, hopefully, that test. yeah, pass yeah. that test and not kill someone when you drive the car off the lot. But you learned how to drive the car a lot better um, after you know three years from now. So there needs to be some type of initiation process, some requirement that males and females both have. Uh, 
um, when they're getting married and choosing partners, just figuring it out. So women are actually men, women and men are just figuring out everything as they go to person to person, picking up bad habits, learning experiences. By the time they get 35, 40, you know, divorce kids here, set of kids here, or just a whole bunch of emotional uh, trauma. They're, they're just too scared to be with anyone. And so, I mean, I mean, unfortunately, that's what we're dealing with in 2016 with these men and their unrealistic expectations of what they want from women. I know. I don't know if you've read about or have lived in Scandinavian countries or the northern European countries, but they treat motherhood very seriously. I mean, they give them very generous maternity leaves. I don't know if it's like three months or six months, but it's long. And they give them a one-year job guarantee that no one's going to take your job. You know, take a year off. You're fine. And you, when you come back, you're all rested and wedding, you know, ready to come back to work. Whereas in America, you have six weeks, whether you're ready or not, you have to go back to work. And, you know, with some women, the hormones haven't even, like, balanced out yet. Yeah. You, know, you still have that influx mm-hmm. of hormones. And some women don't flush out those hormones for at least a year till her system yeah. gets back to sure. normal. So, you know, to put a, put pressure on women for six weeks to get back to work, it's just, it's too much. And there's no, you were mentioning earlier about t- treating the woman like a mule. There's no unplug time for the woman. So mm-hmm. on top of doing everything else, I mean, you guys have unplugged time. Maybe you uh, go for a beer with your buddies after work yeah, or, or maybe right. you're watching a three-hour football game after work or maybe you're playing video games for three hours. You get your unplugged time guaranteed. She doesn't. Like, where is her bubble bath? Where is her, oh, I'm going to get my nails done? Or where is her, I'm going to go walk around the block and get some fresh air? It seems like today's woman doesn't have unplugged time. And, you know, it's no wonder that she's stressed out and she's snapping at you and she's making demands on you. She doesn't want to have sex. She doesn't want to have sex. She's disregarding you and disrespecting you. There's no wonder. You haven't given her five minutes of unplugged time. What do you expect? Well, and it's subconsciously and consciously. Today's woman is she was forced into independence because, you know, independence is just a fallacy. Humans are independent of each other. We have to get that straight. Humans can't be independent. We we would not survive as uh, a race of people. So, I mean, the animals need us. I mean, it's, I mean, look at the ecosystem. It's just not. It's not possible. But yeah. the you know the the fallacy of being independent. Women. And uh, we need each other. We're a team. And so women subconsciously and consciously are saying, I, I want to be able to own my own. But at the same time, I want to be a part of a team. I don't understand how to put it together. It comes with interdependence. Understanding that being interdependent doesn't mean that you're a slave. It means that we need each other so we can both be really happy. And without each other, we're going to be very unhappy. Because, I mean, if it was just about money. And and fame and drugs. I mean, look at everybody else who has all the money and fame. They're dying and dropping like flies. Every time right. we see a famous person, a person who has money, they're out here dropping. It can't be about the money and drugs because those people. Are, I don't. I mean, I don't have to do drugs every day to be happy. And I'm not a millionaire either. These people right. got you know millions of dollars. They don't appear to be happy. So we money's a tool. You can use it as a way. It's an advantage, have, but it's not, not a guarantee. It's an abandon. It's not the end. No, it's not. Love is priceless. Um, this conversation we're having right now is priceless. You know, having someone you can call at 2 o'clock in the morning just to talk to about your problems is priceless. Land next to a person that you've built uh, a relationship with, your children, all that stuff is priceless, man. So, uh, and unfortunately, a lot of us figure it out after we ruined relationships and ran people away and understanding that we, we're going to try to do it all by ourselves. That's just not a logical uh, idea that you're going to do anything by yourself because you never have done anything by yourself. You can't name anything in your life you've done by yourself. You go to work, you go to work for somebody. You're an entrepreneur, people work for you. People pay you to bank. You don't own your own bank, you don't own your own money. You go buy food, you go buy food for a place. Even if you grow food, where where did you get the chickens from? You know, it, it's just so many different type of things that we need each other and it's okay to say you need someone. You know, I think people see that as a weakness. I, I, as a man, would never say I don't need people, both male and females. You know, um, but it just appears that we're going towards that uh, fallacy idea of independence versus just focusing on needing each other and trying to say, I'm going to make this work. 
uh, I know I need you, you you know you need me, we got to make this work. Right. Now we're talking today about delusional male expectations, but here's the question. Who in our society is more delusional? Is it men or is it women? Or are they both to blame? Both. I'd say both, but if we want to point the blame, I always start with the root of the problem, and that's going to be men. Because uh, women are easy. I don't care what guys say in regards to that independent stuff. I had. Uh, super independent. But as I got myself together and I started um, dating more women and start writing and interviewing women, I started to find out a lot of women do a lot of things out of necessity. They do it because they have to, not because they want to. And if they can trust in your leadership skills, you can have some Nikki every night, cook food, and everything that you want from her. Uh, as long as you have transparency, you treat her with respect and dignity, and you're providing her with the lifestyle that she wants and needs. Um, so I think a lot of times it's going to fall on the man because if, if we fix our issues and accountability issues first, it's not going to fix all the women. It's not going to fix all the issues in the world, but it'll fix a lot of those issues that we deal with, with women. A lot of women wouldn't be so headstrong because she can say, if I quit my job tomorrow or lost my job or I didn't want to work, I know you can take care of it. Now, how many women can say that about the men that they're with right right most, not true so you're saying she can, she can, yeah. you're, you're saying she can come to the table as crazy as she want to wants to but what you're saying is men should take the lead that regardless of what her antics are if yeah. the guy is strong and takes the lead and you know here is the pathway then she's got to go along with that she's got to she be will, one step well, right you know right behind you she will either go along with it or she'll dismiss it because some women don't want to follow a leader. That's fine. So what will happen is that if you put – it's no reason to talk about problems you have no solutions for. It's okay to vent. That's great. Vent. Where's the solution? So if you know, it's just like I always use the crackhead theory. You're, you know, you could be a crackhead and you get raped. You could be a crackhead and somebody cuts your arm off. You can get a crackhead and some crazy stuff happens to you, but you're like you're a crackhead, right? So you're like this person – going to really take what you say seriously people are like well man you've been doing drugs for 15 years but you're saying that women are bad and what they need to do people are like well yeah what you're saying has some truth to it but you're a crackhead i don't care what you say that's what men are doing men are talking about women uh, you know saying all these bad things about them which is true i mean some of the you know if they're talking about promiscuous for uh, women being promiscuous and some of this stuff yeah there's, there's some very valid points i'm not denying what men are saying but at the same time if uh, men Thank you, everybody, for listening to the Men's Advocate Show. We'll see you next Wednesday, each and every Wednesday, 3 p.m. Pacific, 6 p.m. Eastern Time. Thank you to my guest, Grace Cummings.